0: go to the second book of kings in the old testament to the fourth chapter for this word of the lord that is good and living and powerful and bread it is his word it's time for his words good to have this word before we have the other kind of bread amen church second kings chapter four in the spirit of testimony having heard mike share his testimony and in the spirit of informing you because of your love For my wife and I, I just wanted, as I alluded earlier, told you that she drove to church this morning by her own means. And for those who are newer to us, uh, I remind you that earlier this year, she had been diagnosed with what is known to be blephar spasms, which has to do with the eyelids, which causes the eyes to twitch the eyelids and to spasm around her eyes involuntarily closing her eyes when she doesn't want it to be closed. And so it is a disease for which the physicians do not know its source, of which the physicians do not know its source, and they do not know a cure yet. The treatment is such that they would necessitate as this now is her second rounds of treat round of treatment, injections on her eyelid and around her eyes. That if done well and reaches its full effectiveness, would last for three months. And she has had her second treatment about two weeks ago. Uh, It has, of course, impeded on her independence, her flexibility. Uh, We have had to come up with a different strategy for some time with my help and a member of her staff at the school where she serves as principal. Transportation has been arranged for when she goes to principal meetings. One of her principal friends who serve will help her. Uh, but we are on this journey and this cycle of relief that causes her to now be able to come. The spasms are still there, but they're not as effective and prohibitive but for this season. We are thanking God for medical science. He gave that wisdom. But we are trusting God for her total healing. Completely. So she's not in the choir, or not because it affects her voice. The spasms is not just here; it affects her voice. But she got a little independence this week, starting driving again, and she's catching up. She is. She told me to put money in the checking account. She'll see me later. Don't need me to go to take her. She had her nails done and by going on her own, or all the stuff done. Well, she did that. I had my hair done, and man, we are doing it together. God doesn't always have to explain Himself. Just God. So I want to thank you for the victory that's coming on our testimony and yours too. Okay, let me hasten here. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from your neighbors. Empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass that when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. I want to talk, share, preach, yell on this thought. The miracle is in the house. Oh yeah, you you are feeling what I'm feeling. The miracle is in the house. Stretch your hands this way. Give me 30 seconds of your best prayer for me. Would you? Come on, start saying it. I receive these prayers. I received the prayers stored up from this prayer Friday and Saturday, from the prayer that Pastor Jess already prayed for me. I received the prayers, I received the anointing, and I I thank you the overflow is going to be on everybody. If I'm better, then I'll do better and the people will be better. God, if I obey you, then the people will hear and they will obey and all of us will be better. Thank you for the miracle in the house. And for the miracle that will manifest itself in our lives. We make ourselves available as servants and vessels. Like the vessels we're going to preach about. We make ourselves vessels available to be filled with your anointing and miracles. Amen? And so be it. And, if, and you may be seated in the house of the Lord. And I was going to say, if you would like to keep your Bibles open to this text. I, I, I want to just get right here in the middle of the word. And I want to say this. Miracles are not accidents. I'm laying this few phrases of foundation. Miracles are not magic. Miracles happen to those who need them, those who want them, and those who reach out for them. All of us have seen a race of some kind or another. Maybe a car daytona 500 race maybe you have seen a foot race like the hundred yard dash or further in distance maybe you have seen and been to a swim meet or saw it on television the swimming competition at the olympics and having looked at these kinds of races and we have seen many i have yet to see any race any race. Where the finish line moves towards the runner or swimmer or driver when they start running or driving. Yeah, I know it's kind of obnoxious, isn't it? I would get in a race where the finish line gets closer as I move towards it. But always, 100% of the time, the runner or the swimmer or the driver moves towards the finish line. If you are like me and you're looking for a miracle, and and I, I need plural, miracles at times. We've got to move toward the miracle. We can't expect the miracle to move toward us alone. We have to do our part in this business of the miracles that we need. And so a lot of people are saying, I'm waiting on a miracle. And yes, we are. But we have a part in that miracle. And as I look at this story about Elisha, the man of God, and a woman, a widow woman in a desperate plight, I've learned some principles that I hope will be a blessing to you and we can practice together so we can appreciate the process of the miracle. The first of which I've learned and understand is that one needs to know where to go when you do not know What to do? Say amen by faith. You see, we have the dilemma, and it's on the screen, of a certain woman, verse 1, of the wives of the sons of the prophets, cried out to Elisha, the man of God. And she says in her desperation, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. Perhaps Elisha might have been a sort of mentor. To her husband in the ministry. He feared the Lord, meaning he served the Lord. Now that he's dead, it's apparent from the verse that he died owing some money to someone from which he obtained credit. And after the funeral, the creditor says the debt is still real and has not been erased. And therefore, I'm coming to collect. And a little different from our day and time, the bank will lend us money based on our assets and our ability to pay. If you go for a shorter term, not a large loan like a mortgage, they may lend you money based on your car's value. Something that says that if you don't pay, we're coming after it. In that culture and time, since many assets were not to be had because of it being an agricultural culture and because of the economy of the time, the assets of parents would be their children. And the creditor says, you are a widow now, you don't have a job, your husband's dead, the bill's still due, so I'm going to come at a given day and take your boys... And they're going to come live where I am. And I don't know whether these boys are young as still children age or maybe young teen. And I don't really know the size of the debt. But the implication is I'm coming to get your boys and they will work on my farm as farmhands or however else I need them to work in the house or on the property or in my estate. Until all your husband's debt is erased and then I'll send them home. It may take a few months, it may take a year, it may take all of their young life, it may take ten years. I do not know the size of the debt. Well, here is a woman in desperation, her husband's dead, she's a widow. Now her boys are going to be taken off and if this man has property that he needs their service on or their slavery on or their work on that's miles away, she may not see them for a long, long time. And she is desperate. My husband's dead. My sons are going to be taken off into slavery. They are going to be as good as dead. What in the world am I going to do? Have you ever had something similar in your life where you've said to yourself, I don't know what I'm going to do. Give me a witness. I have. The beauty about the first point I want to say to you in this lesson is when you do not know what to do, thank God, you can know where to go. Somebody say, "Praise the Lord." The woman says, "She said to the man of God, knowing where to go, she knew where to turn." Thank you, Jesus. Because sometimes when tragedy comes in, or loss comes in, or bad news comes in, or bad storms blow in, you get overwhelmed with the immediate impact of it. And you get so overwhelmed, you get bumfuzzled, You don't know where to turn. But this woman said, I'm going back to the man of God, and I'm going back to the house of God. And I kind of believe one of the reasons why you came to church this morning, even though you were tired, and even though you might have had five reasons why not to come, is because you understand that I do not know what to do, but there is a place called the house of God. There is a ministry called South Metro Ministry. They have prayed and they're seeking God. They are men and women full of the Holy Ghost. The choir is going to sing and I'm going to be blessed. So while I do not know what to do, I'm not going to sit down in the corner and cry, woe is me, somebody done, somebody wrong song. And I just think I'll eat worms and die. You may not know what to do, but thank God you can know who to turn to. And his name is Jehovah Jireh and he is the great provider. His name is Jehovah Rapha, and He is the great healer. And His name is Jesus, and He is the Messiah. And when you do not know what to do, thank God you can know to whom to go to. Give Him some praise with your hands and praise the Lord. You need to write this down and remember it somehow. Where we place our expectations determines whether we receive a miracle. Where we place our expectations, to whom we turn, determines whether or not we receive our miracle or the kind of miracle that we need. You know, our propensity is to turn to somebody else, the flesh, man. And thank God for the availability of doctors and lawyers and bankers and Boston supervisors, Who, if we let them add to us, coaches, police officers, judge, people of of influence and, 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 and places that we need them. But the devil's job is to make you to run to a man or a person or an institution and not turn to God. Because he should be our first choice. Then he'll tell us which way to go if he elects to use man or women. Can I get another amen here? Where we place our expectations determines whether we receive a miracle. Which moves me to the second point very quickly. Don't seek an earthly Messiah. She comes to the man of God, but he's not God. And he reminds her of it real quick. What do you want me to do for you? Oh, help me preach. You know I can preach by myself sometimes. There have been times in my ministry, younger, more ignorant, but wanting to please everybody and wanting to make people think that I have... No flaws, no problems, y'all have problems, I don't have problems, I'm going to be like Moses and sit under a big oak tree or someplace out in the wilderness and have you line up and me just tell you what to do all the time, which was killing Moses. Sometimes we, we preachers or people in leadership and I speak for myself, you know, we got this ego and, and we want, to, And in my younger years I used to think I would be everybody's solution and everybody's answer. And the older I get, the more I got in ministry, the more I realize how deep and how vast and how wide people's problems can be. You done what? You owe what? You shot who? Your kid is what? I'm buttoning up my shirt. There ain't no S under this shirt in my T-shirt that says SP, Super Pastor. I see the mess. Man, I see the, the, the deep hole that the devil can dig for us or we can dig for ourselves. And we're looking for help. And, and I'm like, Elisha, what shall I do for you? Make an appointment with Pastor Jeff? I can't help you. <laughs> and sometimes in this Christian world, we, we Christians get to be celebra- tend to be celebrity-oriented. You, you need to remember I said that. I don't mean just Hollywood unsaved kind. Even in the Christian uh, uh, Christendom, television names and personalities, not all of them are wrong or corrupt, thank God for them, but, but we get big names and big ministries and we tend to make them a Messiah. I'm preaching to you, yeah, yeah, you know. I'm not gonna go to that little yelling five foot trying to be seven inch tall ball headed man over SMM. He ain't, he ain't, nobody know him. He ain't even got, he, he ain't wrote no book and he ain't got no good PowerPoints, much less a TV show. You know, we all think, boy, if I could get over... And I'm not against... If I call some names, I'm not against them. I'm just trying to make an example, okay? Uh, I'm not against John Hagee's ministry. It's large and it's effective. And thank God for his defense of Israel. I'm not against... I love to hear T.D. Jakes preach... I'm not against his ministry. I, I, I thank God for, for uh, uh, Joyce Myers and my wife, year after year, at least twice a year, with the exception of this year, has used the powerful teaching ministry of Beth Moore. These are wonderful people. Thank God for Billy Graham. I tell you, I, 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 I have a tendency sometimes to not idolize, to, to rebuke the spirit of idolizing Billy Graham. My father is my greatest hero. He's a, a man of God. He's 82 years old. And, and I can almost make him a messiah. Can I? Can get a witness here? Somebody? But let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You don't have to wait for T.D. Jakes to come to the auditorium. Or for Joyce Myers or Bette Moore. You don't have to wait for me to get on TV. You don't have to wait to call 1-800-PRAYER-TOWER in Tulsa, California. Help me preach. The Messiah has already come. His name is Jesus Christ. And like Brother Sammy said on Friday night, he said in Hebrews chapter 4, Come boldly, come boldly into the throne of grace. You don't have to send 10 bucks to get 10,000 to something. Earthly somebody, you just cast your cares on Jesus, He is the only Messiah. <laughs> Which leads me to this other thought. Number three, on your way to your miracle, the miracle in the house. Find out what's in the house. Verse 2, Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And I want you to understand. That God, upon your salvation, and you're giving your heart to Jesus Christ, getting saved. When you got saved, put some stuff in the house. In your house of your, you ain't hearing me. The house of your body. When you got saved, the old man, the old woman, the old attitude, the sins, if you got saved and asked Jesus to wash them away, even though you have to fight the devil after you're saved, the Bible says old, the O-L-D, old things are passed away. All things have become new. It's like a, like a dry eraser marker board. The white, you write on the marker board with red, blue, or black. And then in order to use the board again after you filled it up and you keep teaching, you take the eraser. That's what God does. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. But God then moves in you. The devil moves out and the Holy Spirit now lives in you. In your house. Did you hear what I say? The Holy Spirit lives in your house. And when the Holy Spirit lives in, he brings in his attributes and his characteristics that helps you to get your miracle. Because the Holy Spirit is a teacher. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is our defender. The Bible says he will guide us into all truth. He will show us things to come. He is our defense defense attorney attorneys. Anybody hearing this preacher? I'm telling you the miracle is in the house. And don't get overwhelmed by the storm or the flood or the bad news or the financial setback or the divorce papers or the word from the doctor that says malignant. While that is very real I don't want you to deny it. Don't get overwhelmed with that. Just simply say God I got the Holy Ghost in me. I got Jesus in me. I memorized some scriptures. I need you to bring it up. I heard some songs in the choir. I even sang some. So while I'm going through what it seemed like hell I want you to give me a song in the night give me some scriptures to hold on to help me to have my vessels out there where you can fill them up oh I wish somebody would say praise the Lord I know you are Mm. what do you have in the house and I'm telling you not only in your body of your house is the miracle available you need to draw from it The, the, the woman said I have nothing in the house but a jar of oil. So it leads me to the fourth point. Don't be blinded by negativism, but pass on to the positive. You see, sometimes we just want to stop with what I don't have. Bless God, everybody got a nice car, I don't have. Everybody got a nice house, I don't have. Everybody got this name brand shoe and this name brand clothes and this name brand blue jeans and carrying around Gucci and Gucci and whatever else is there. I don't have one of them. Some people got hair. I don't have none. But go buy some for goodness sake. Teeth, go buy. Now I'm just having a little fun with you. A little we always want to, you know, as people of God, full of the Holy Ghost, we get tested about our inventory. And when God tells us, what do you have in the house, instead of saying praise and scripture and worship and church, because church is the house. Your body is the house, but church is also another form of this word being in the house. You came here today because the miracle is in the house. Did you hear what I said? You won't get from some dance hall or honky tonk or some juke joint, some place, whatever that is, what you get in this house. There are other houses. I'm not against you if you you come to church and serve God. I'm not against you going to the house where they play basketball or the house where they play football. But that house over there, oh help me here, that house over there ain't got what you need. You can go to the bank house, but this house got better than the bank house. Did, Did anybody hear what I said? The miracle is in the house. So it's in the house of your body, but it's in the house of the church. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as some have done in the past. But in these last and evil days, and I'm paraphrasing, in these last days, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some are. But in these last days come together even more, because I will draw strength from you, and I hope you will for me. I will draw strength from your worship for your praise. Sometimes I don't feel like praising like I like I really ought to, but I see somebody's hand go up. And I'm thinking, Oh wow, I, I need to praise God. I didn't realize that Michael was having that struggle that he had when he told us in his testimony, because he didn't tell us in the first service. Right? He didn't tell us in the first and I hear the man singing like he's on fire. But I get, now I find out that if he can do that and come on to church, I can have me my own. What glory, whether I feel like it or not. Somebody just jump right out of the chair. Yeah. There's power in the house. I said the miracle is in the house. You can get your miracle because God is in the house. The Holy Ghost is in the house. Worship is in the house. The fire is in the house. The peace of God. You can. God is in his house. This is the house of God. This is not Alan's house, Church of God's house. It's God's house. Thank God at the end of the first service, a man walked all the way. A wonderful African-American brother walked all the way from the back. Come up to the front for his miracle. Because two weeks ago, he was in intensive care at a Gwinnett hospital with a heart attack. And he said, if God will give me a touch, I'll show up in his house to thank him. The miracle is in, say, it's in the house. Yeah. Oh, God, you not to say that, but I, uh, man. You know, sometimes storm comes in. Bad news from the doctor. Police officer shows up, calls you, your child, marriage of twenty years, working hard, all you can, helping him, he and all that stuff, and she's helping you and paying the bills getting by. Get this little text or this little note or phone call or face to face. I love you but I don't love you. All that stuff blows in. You don't mean to be two, behinds, two months behind in your mortgage payment, but something else blew in about the car, or something blew up in the car, huh? You all driving some of the same, right? You know, if you, if you, yeah. It's amazing. Oh God, help me here. Car salesman and oh God. It's amazing about these cars. Thirty-six months, thirty-six thousand miles, and you cross over to thirty-six thousand one mile on the thirty-seventh month, boom. It's like they're pre programmed. No, I better step here. It's like, it's like they pre programmed the computer. One year, everything covered. Everything. And they got some kind of device in that computer that clicks the clock. And after one year, one second, poof. That's how the devil going to do you when you leave this service. You're going to be full of the Holy Ghost. By the time you hit that front door, he's going to try to show up with his mess but he's under my feet and not over my head. Stop, your devil! I'm trying to tell you, sometimes the only, time, only words God gets from we Christian is, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. One of my favorite country songs. There we go. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. You know the rest, because you sang it too, eh? You laughing at me, you all know better. You know more. You got them country songs about... Your dog bit you. They repossessed your pickup, and your wife left you. You all know all about them kind of. That's why you. That's why you're having a good time. You got to change your song, man. You got to move on. If all, if, if all you got the little jar of oil, he gave it to you. Say something about it. Can I get an amen? You may not be making that twenty dollar an hour, but if you're making six or five, it's better than nothing. You get your way to. If he can trust you with a six dollar, nine dollar, ten dollar hour job, you tithe and give. He'll move you on up there. If he can trust you with a little bit of oil, get ready to get some bigger vessels because he's going to fill up some other vessels. I'm telling you, my friends, understand, don't be blinded by negativism, but pass on. To the positive, God is good. Let me, let me hasten. Faith is not faith until you do something. Action is required. Elisha told the widow, Go. And borrow as many vessels as you find. It's on the screen. From all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Wow. You got to do something. Sitting around hoping faith is magic. Bless God, I gave God a $1 today and I hope He shows up with that 100 No, He don't work that way. Just thought I'd just let you know. It ain't magic. Okay? There are people asking God to get them out of debt. Do this, do that, the other thing. They don't even tip God. He says 10% is what I'm asking. I want to prove you and I want you to prove me in the process. Now folks, giving God 25 cents a dollar. The most popular president in the church is Washington. Any on the one dollar bill? He comes to church every Sunday. Don't go look at now, yeah. Finance committee, we have to we have to deal with the president of Washington because some people want they give a dollar bill, don't want nobody to know that they're giving that puny amount because they're living higher than a dollar bill, so they'll crumple it up and wrap it up in all kinds of shape and form, and then the, uh, the billing committee got to spend whole day on. We hope that when we open this up, it'll let say a hundred, but all we get is one and no zeros. Let me stay back up here, it's a little safer. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like we going to the horizon of the seashore looking for our ship to come in when we ain't sent no ship out. I'm a preaching little Indian buddy, and I'll get wild in a minute. I love you, I'm just trying to help you. You got to do something. You got to do something. you got to give it shall be given unto you and give unto God what is his. You send ship out, they'll come in. you, you plant corn, you won't get watermelon. This. Two thirds of the word God is go. Go get some vessel. Go! You need to understand the word gospel has the word go in it. Go. Go to church. Go read your Bible. Go confess your sins. Go ask forgiveness. You got to do something. I want a job! Go put in an application. You know what's amazing to me about this culture in America? Even raising, ah, I don't know what to do with my hard-headed kids. I tell them what to do and they just sit there and look at me. Well, here I go again. Where I come from, when we tell our children what to do, we don't give them a math lesson. I told you to clean up your room. One, two, three, four. Where I came from, I said, go boy. What part of that go, you don't understand The G! Audio! You ever heard that song, You Light Up My Life? I am not about child abuse. And don't you all go showing this on YouTube and say, Pastor said, beat you. I can just see you all taking this out of context. Like the news media does politicians for their own advantage. Yeah, I'm just telling you, the Bible says though, there's a balance about this. The Bible says if you spare the rod, you'll spoil the child. And and every once in a while, the child needs to understand. It can't beat them until they're 20 years old. But but every once in a while, the board of education needs to be applied to the seat of understanding so that they may be able to go. You know what I believe the Holy Ghost does sometimes? We're talking about I want my healing, I want my deliverance, I want miracles, I want my children, I want this, I want that, I want job. I, want I believe the Holy Ghost tells our guardian angel, get the belt on him. I can just see that little angel hovering on my shoulder and the Holy Ghost says, give him a whack. <laughs> now somebody's going to need to tell me how I'm going to keep my pants up while I preach the rest of this sermon. So, so, somebody says, you know, it's simple, you trust God, but you do your part. Uh, one of the ushers, Brother Everett, told me this morning about a Middle Eastern proverb in the Middle Eastern culture back in years ago when camels were the means of transportation. As in the American culture many years ago, the cowboy, the horses were the means of transportation, and 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 the horses would come into town and John Wayne riding on them, and he comes up to the, uh, the 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 place where he was doing business with his horse. The Middle Eastern culture, camel was the means of transportation, and and it says, they said, trust God. But tie up your camel, because <laughs> he will wander off if you just. John Wayne, we we all about cowboys. We we you know, trust God but tie up your horse. I think I'm feeling trust God but wear your belt. But anyhow, but no. Go. Okay, I, I need to keep going in the sermon. I'm hurrying. On my way to my miracle, don't put limitations on God's ability to provide. Can I get a witness here? Look, this is the word of God. Go borrow vessels from anywhere from all your neighbors and empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. The bank only has so much money. The authority of the judge or maybe the authority of an attorney is only so far. Can I get an amen? But God doesn't have to borrow money. He doesn't have to plant another field. God's resources and provisions are without boundaries and limits. So whatever you need from God, if He challenges you to do something, He will give you the capacity and the resources. Can I get an amen? He will not put a dream in your heart or a vision in your heart or a burden in your heart. He will not tell you to give your tithe and offering so you could go bankrupt and be a bad testimony to His kingdom and who He is. If God gives you a challenge, do not put any limitation on His provision. Give Him a praise, somebody. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me show you something else very quickly, and I'm moving along. When you do what God tells you to do, And you begin to obey God, it may seem like foolishness in the eyes of people who don't have the faith you have. So be careful who you tell what God told you to do and when to do it and how to do it because you need to shut the door on doubt. The doubters will rise up, the naysayers will rise. Go do what? She told two sons, go to the neighbor's house, knock on the door, go and get me vessels. And back then, of course, there were vessels of pottery, okay? So some would be small, some would be larger, some would hold a gallon, some would hold a quart, some would hold five gallons. Boys, mama, what in the world is wrong with you? You want all kinds of vessels of, I told you, boys, go do what I tell you. Go get all the vessels, go in the neighbor, go in the village, get everything you can, get all these vessels behind, get from you. And I can imagine the neighbors thinking, your mama wants what? She wants to borrow that, that container and that container and that. Bless her heart. She's going into denial. Her husband died. Her bills are due. And she's losing her mind. Okay, take it. we get her through a little psychiatric kind of therapy here? Can you just imagine these boys are going from door to door and house to house and they're scooping up all these jars and bringing them to mama. And God says, shut the door behind you. Shut the door on doubt." How many times did Jesus do some miracles but he did not let everybody who was there initially stay because he shut the door on doubt? Come on. There are some folks who are glad to kill your dreams. There are some folks who are glad to talk you out of God's plan. You're giving the church what? You're doing what? you tithing what? You are serving in what ministry? You're going where for your healing? What? There are people whose job motorized by a lack of faith and not knowing the word of God who is to put a pin on your balloon or blow uh, some kind of explosion in your parade. But if you will shut the door on doubt, God will take care of what happens when you shut the door after you obey. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I need to move on. Pour until there is no more. She shut the door and all the neighbors and all the naysayers. Boys, here we go. I don't know how, how large her original container was, but I got a little oil jar here. Okay, this is, the, this is the anointing oil. So let's just say it was this size because she said, all I have is a little bit of oil. Cooking oil, olive oil. He said, put all the vessels. Can you just let your mind do a little bit of, you know, I don't have all the graphics and all, but jar, 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 the little clay house she's living in with a thatch roof. Jar, jar, it's not a big old house, it's one big room. There's a bed over here. There's a little bit of sink over here. When I say sink, I mean clay kind of thing to wash. She's just start. The boys are thinking, what are we going to do with Mama when she passes out for disappointment? Goodness. This little jar filled up. Well, Bigger. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full. Vessels plural. She said to her son, Bring me another vessel. There's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Because if you shut the door on your blessing, it won't be God's fault. If you'll obey Him and keep doing what, keep praying, keep fasting, keep reading the Bible, keep giving, keep serving God, keep forgiving, keep loving, just keep pouring, just keep pouring. Can I get an amen? Just keep pouring, just keep pouring. Because here's the beauty of it. God will help you to not only get the miracle, He'll move you beyond the miracle. Verse number 7 said, then she, she came and told Elisha, the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. You see, I, and I'm hurrying here, yeah, I'm a teaching, and I know that I, I may want some grand finale, but I'm going to let the Holy Ghost do that. I'm not looking for some grand finale for me. I'm just getting you ready for your miracle, and if you just allow your spirit to be awoken. When God shows up, He shows out. Not because He's trying to, he's trying to be some kind of... But He's God. And the man of God, she said, I got all this oil. You sell that oil. Every bit of it. Get the money from the oil and you pay your creditor because your boys are not going to leave your front yard because of your obedience in seeking your miracle. Go sell the oil and pay your debt. And then the final thought, remember, there will always be enough. It It would have been a super duper whooper whopper miracle. If she just got to pay her debt and keep her boys from slavery, wouldn't that have been enough? Can I get a witness here? I mean, if, if, if my boys don't have to leave, the debt is paid. Now we will have a little garden ourselves and we will grow vegetables and we will sell them. We will get life going. God, you're just good enough. You got me out of the hospital. You made me better. But oh, how God loves us. If we will keep serving Him, He said, go and sell it, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Because God is the blesser with the leftovers. Can I get an amen, somebody? Everybody stand up all over this house. Lay your Bibles in that chair and get ready for your miracle in Jesus' name. Let me tell you this. God is not just satisfied because of your obedience to bless you up until this hour at the end of the service and the benediction. But if you'll let Him, you can live on The rest of his blessings. But you got to do that going. Has he ever been good to you about anything at all? Would you lift up your hands? Would you raise your voices? And would you just raise those voices in thanksgiving? Praise him enough for you to hear your own voice. Come on. Let your ear hear your mouth. Your mouth speak and your ear hear your praises. And then not only that, but the devil will hear it and he will run because you're... Hallelujah. I praise you. Come on. I praise you, God. I praise you that you have miracles with my name on it. I praise you, oh God, that you have power. Oh God, releasing your power for my difficulty. Say, oh come on, come on, just praise him because if you don't create an atmosphere the house of praise then you won't get what you need if you'll create an atmosphere in your body and in your mind by praising God if you get your house ready the miracle will take place in your house oh praise you Jesus bless you Lord oh bless you Jesus you may put your hands down just a moment and I'm going to ask the prayer team and the elders and their spouse and anybody who's ever been trained for prayer in this church, even those who pray with me in my office, to come and stand all over this altar, around this altar. Now, go is what he said to her. And I'm saying this to you. And, I, and I'm telling you this morning, on, on, on Friday evening I felt the Lord telling me to pray for everybody long before I got here on Friday when we had our two hours of praise and worship, the trains of the three hours, people lined up all the way down. The staff, the elders, the prayer team—they helped me, but I stood right here because the Lord said, as shepherd during this 24-hour prayer vigil, as shepherd of, of the flock, I want you to lay. And, and, I, and I felt that burden. But you know what? It went long before my flesh started getting tired, and I had to have the church pray for me too. What I'm saying is, even in my best, I run out. You don't? I'm not. I'm not the Messiah. I will pray for people, I will visit, I will love people, but Jesus is who we need to go to. Okay? These people here are not about credit, they're not about badges, they're not about super anointing, better than yours. They're just here as vessels. They have the oil and they're ready to pour symbolically into your vessel. Do not let your pride, do not let your ego, do not let you bless God. They'll think I'm a sinner. They've seen me up there before. They'll think I'm a. I, 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 I don't care. The devil lies and kills and steals and destroys. He's doing his job when he tells you that. Just go, anyhow. Amen, church? Go for your marriage. Go for your job go for your mind go to get off a of medication that has certain side effects that will will warp you can i get an amen go for somebody in prison go for i don't care if you start coming now go for your finances my point is god is he is not going to make you get blessed i've already preached this christmas we're going to buy stuff for our kids i'm just going to tell you this okay we're going to buy the best our money can, can, can afford because we want our kids, We love them. And then there's three terrible words that says about the gifts we buy for our kids three terrible words. Some assembly required. How many know that? Huh? So even if you buy the gift, you've got to do something. And then after you get the assembly done, what about the batteries? You can buy the gift, wrap it up, unwrap it, assemble it, but if it ain't got no battery, it ain't no help for your boy or girl. I'm telling you, I'm only telling you that that God's got the gift. God will give you the battery, but you got to do the assembly. You gotta step out. So I want you to sing that verse, of chorus or whatever you on your heart before they and while they sing, I want you to start stepping out. And everybody else, that, that you are okay and Just raise your hands all over the church and begin to worship. Raise your hands all over the church and begin to worship. Don't look at anybody who's coming, who ain't coming. I want you to flood these altars by your faith. Flood these altars. Sing. Worship everybody else. Don't leave your miracle in the church and leave too early. You have to go and you have an emergency, but don't leave. i prepared you for this moment. Don't let the devil steal it. Sing, everybody. Once you come up to the front... Raise up your hands and I want you prayer people and my staff and your wife to come find somebody to pray for. I want elders and other prayer partners. Come, come up the little.